So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Still John in the other end of the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. Now at this point of the programme we will play some reflections that some of our guests offered us for Christmas Day. Unfortunately there was no room to fit every reflection that we were given in. So this morning we want to start off with one of those reflections. It's actually a prayer and it's a prayer offered us by... Noreen Lynch. So let's hear this. A Christmas Prayer. A Christmas Prayer by Reverend Maureen Kinoran. Not gold, nor mere, nor even frankincense would I have for you this season, but simple gifts, the ones that are hardest to find, the ones that are perfect. Sorry. John, I'll stop and start again. That was a phone call. Murphy's Law, we all get it. Don't worry. I'm sorry, I thought I had the sound turned off. Work away. So I'll start a Christmas prayer again. Perfect, thank you. A Christmas prayer by Reverend Maureen Kinorn. Not gold, nor a mirror, nor even frankincense would I have for you this season, but simple gifts, the ones that are hardest to find, the ones that are perfect, even for those who have everything, if such there be. I would, if I could, have for you the gift of courage, the strength to face the gauntlets only you can name, and the firmness in your heart to know that you, yes, you, can be the bearer of a quiet dignity that is the human glorified. I would, if by my intention I could make it happen, have for you the gift of connection, the sense of standing on the hinge of time, touching past and future, standing with certainty that you, yes, you, are the point where it all comes together. I would, if wishing could make it so, have for you the gift of community, a nucleus of love and challenge to convince you in your soul that you, yes, you, are the source of light in a world too long believing in the dark. Not gold, nor mirror, nor even frankincense would I have for you this season, but simple gifts, the ones that are hardest to find, the ones that are perfect, even for those who have everything, if such there be. Amen. So now Father Frank Duick will offer us a Christmas reflection, and that's followed by a beautiful piece of music entitled Make Room by Casting Clowns. So let's hear this. Right, John. So when you, when you asked me to do this Christmas reflection, I was trying to one, wondering what would I come up with. But I've been reading a book recently um, about uh, the Eucharist and its profound relationship with priesthood. It's really about the, spir- uh, the Eucharist-centered spirituality for priests. And there's various uh, talks and articles there by different people. But a few days ago, I was I was reading this one by Monsignor John Zenz, who's in, I think it's Chicago. And um, you had asked me about a, a story, and I said, look, there's no point in I trying to make up stories. I think this is a nice Christmas story, and I'm just unashamedly reading it from this book, and it's not my story. I'm only reading a, a story by Monsignor John Zenz. About ten years ago, walking back to our presbytery from the nearby parking lot, 
I encountered a beggar. A frequent occurrence in that depressed part of the city. It was surprising that he was there alone in the middle of the afternoon. Most of the beggars came at the beginning or end of the workday. His was a face I had never seen before. Holding out a handful of coins, he asked for 33 cents so that he would have enough money to buy a 99-cent fish sandwich as advertised on the billboard in front of the Greasy Spoon next door to the presbytery. I reached into my pocket and handed him all the change I had, considerably more than the specific amount requested. He took offence, saying he wasn't looking for charity. I apologised, laughed and said, enjoy your lunch, and proceeded to walk briskly towards the safety of the presbytery doorway just a few yards away. But he called to me, come back here, father. And so I returned, presuming he wanted more money. Instead, he asked, have you had lunch, father? I hesitated, thinking if I said yes, perhaps he'd complain I was just giving him fragments, my coins, for a lousy fish sandwich, while I, presumably, had eaten something more healthy and more substantial. So I said, no, I have not had much of a lunch, technically true, a salad without protein, at a luncheon with the Christ Child ladies. Then he really got me with his next line. Since we both are buying the fish sandwich, would you like to have lunch with me? Maybe we could share it. Pausing, I tried to picture his, presumably, dirty hands, breaking the greasy fish sandwich in two. I thought if I sit down with him, where might this go? He would know me and might expect things from me, a friendship with a beggar. I politely declined, claiming I had a meeting and again headed quickly for the presbytery doorway. He called me back yet again, and when I arrived, exasperated, he asked, Father, would you have lunch with me another day? Embarrassed, I looked him in the eyes for the first time. I'd never seen such beautiful, deep brown eyes and a handsome face. I suddenly realised I was speaking with an angel, maybe the Lord himself. What could I do now, though? I had painted myself into a corner and I was too proud to change my mind. All I could do was stammer, yes, of course, another day. With that, I darted into the presbytery. A minute later... I rethought things and went back out on the street, but he was gone. Nor was he to be found in the sandwich shop. He had vanished, but without the breaking of the bread. I realised then that I had missed a gift. I have often thought of the passage from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. In the years since, I've been watching for that man, but to this day, 
he has never appeared. For my part, I keep looking. This experience has has changed how I look at all beggars. Now I see myself as a beggar with them, looking for Christ. Father Frank, thank you so much for sharing that that thought with us and um, happy Christmas. You too, Jean, and all the listeners. Thanks very much. A family hiding from the storm Found no place at the keeper's door It was for this a child was born To save a world so cold and hollow A sleeping town they did not know That lying in a manger low A savior king who had no home Has come to heal our sorrows Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart for God to write His story? Shepherds counting sheep at night Do not fear the glory light You are precious in His sight God has come to raise the lowly Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart? Sets you apart when you make room in your heart and trade your dreams for his glory. Make room in your heart, make room in your heart. promise tight every wrong will be made right the road is straight the burdens lie for in his hands he holds tomorrow is there room in your heart is there room in your heart is there room write his story you can come as you are but it may set you apart when you make room in your heart and trade your dreams for his glory
So our final Christmas reflection this morning is by St. Sister Patricia Hogan, and that's followed by a beautiful piece of music, Angels We Have Heard on High, by Andre Bocelli. The Word was made flesh and dwells among us. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let every heart prepare him room. So says the traditional hymn. And again, heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and so on. Today we rejoice. Once again, it is Christmas Day. Our hearts are filled with joy. We may be tired after all the preparations which sometimes begin long before December the 25th. So too did the preparations for the first Christmas. Then John tells us, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. God created us to share his life. He placed our first parents in the garden of paradise to be with him and have a share in his life. In Genesis, we have an image of how God wanted things to be. We read, And God walked in the garden at the evening of the day. Just imagine our first parents enjoying God's company. We do not know how long this lasted, but we do know that our first parents broke their side of a promise. They gave in to temptation and did what God had asked them not to do. But God still loved, as John tells us in his Gospel. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. He so loved those whom he had created that he began his plan of salvation. During the past few weeks, which we call Advent, we may have read or heard some of the readings from the Old Testament which show this. Isaiah tells us, Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his path. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Or again, On that day, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. New life, which we see today. Not by appearance shall he judge, nor by hearsay shall he decide, but he shall judge the poor with justice, and decide aright for the lands afflicted. He shall strike the rootless with the rod of his mouth, And with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Justice shall be the band around his waist, and faithfulness a belt upon his hips. Then the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion shall browse together with a little child to guide them. The cow and the bear shall be neighbors. Together their young shall rest. The lion shall eat hay like the ox. The baby shall play by the cobra's den, and the child lay hand on the adder's lair. Certainly a very new way of seeing life. And again in St. Paul's letter to the Romans we read, 
You know, the time has come. You must wake up now. Our salvation is even nearer than it was when we were converted. The night is almost over. It will be daylight soon. Let us give up all the things we prefer to do under cover of the dark. Let us arm ourselves and appear in the light. Let us live decently as people do in daytime. Let us armor let our armor be the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, Christmas Day 2019, with gratitude we sing, Joy to the earth, the Lord has come. We kneel before the crib, yes, just statues to help us visualize what that first Christmas was like. But when I think the child that was born in that humble place was God himself, God made man. Joy burst forth from within me. Yes, joy and gratitude. This is proof of God's love for me. It is proof of God's love for each and all, no matter who we are, what we may have lived. God loves us and will always love us just as we are. Yes, God loves me just as I am. Are we ready to accept that love? Am I ready to admit to myself that God loves me? If I am, I can sing joy to the world. And if I am not yet ready, there is no time limit with God. God still loves me and always will. So, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing the wonders of his love. The blessings of Christmas, of God with us, on each and all. May our hearts be full of joy, and may that joy flow to all whom we meet today and during the Christmas season. God bless all.
So our thanks go to Noreen Lynch, Father Frank Duick and Sister Patricia Hogan for sharing those Christmas reflections with us this morning. Again, we were so thankful to all those who offered us Christmas reflections this year. So at this stage, we'll invite you to join us again in part three, where we'll read and reflect on the Word of God. So join us then.